Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just saying yes to everything these days, you know. Good for you. Well, I mean, this this podcast was born of the COVID times and, you know, trying to figure out how to connect and um, and hang out. I love when, it. Uh, it's great. When we well, got and a also you, like, uh, we're 50 year old white guys. So, you know, that we love Wilco. This is how much you love Wilco. I, my younger daughter was, I was like, Oh, I was like, I'm going at 11 tonight. She's like, why, why are you recording so late? And I was like, Oh, we got the keyboardist from Wilco. And she was like, you got the keyboardist from Wilco. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she's like, you must be so thrilled. And I was like, yes. Yes. I am thrilled. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. There's Jeff in Berkeley. There's Ben in Knoxville. Yes. Who is this in the upper corner? I I can't see your screen. That was your cue. (laughs) It is Michael Jorgensen from Wilco. Join us on the podcast. Truly a special guest. And not just of Wilco, but if you don't mind, I'm going to talk up uh, another project of yours. I am actually a pretty big Pronto fan. Oh, wow. I Excellent. love that all is golden record. And I actually bought the Bandcamp big, dump, unreleased Pronto that you put out. I loved it. Reaper oh, Bond, a cool. bunch of great tunes on there. So You were the only one. No, <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't. But anyway, yeah, if, you, if you're if you a Wilco fan and you haven't checked out Pronto's All is Golden, it's a treat. It's a great record. I highly recommend it. So, And Michael, you're also, you've got another project, the Expandards. Correct. Expandards. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny because uh, there's no the in front of it, and I know that's like okay. It's sort of, um, we have this. I'm guilty of it too. There's not. It's not the Beastie Boys. Not to compare us right. to the Beastie Boys, but it's <laughs> Beastie Boys, and this is Expandards, and not expanders. the Expandards. The idea then, is that we would we were expanding uh, the Great American Songbook at the initial thought behind that was we we're expanding standards and it was oh, like it was just nice. like kind of a silly portmanteau that we couldn't think of anything better so we just <laughs> left it so i've <laughs> been in much worse named bands than that for much more terrible reasons i think that sounds pretty good <laughs> so. and so michael are you 50 not yet not yet but eventually this is just warming you up <laughs> not coming away. Yeah. Golden I've, got, years. I've got another year and 
three months or so. Okay. So you can consider tonight like a cautionary tale for you about how to handle the next (laughs) couple of years. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are worrying about legacy and what am I going to leave my kids like 30 terabytes of data? Oh my God, this is it. I've been, um, I've got a 12 year old daughter, Michael, and I have been trying to uh, get her to learn theologians on the piano. She's becoming a pretty good piano player. Oh, great. And, and she, uh, she, she kept listening to it, listening to it and trying to figure it out. And she's like, I don't know what this guy's doing. And I'm it's like, weird. Right. I'll say it. Cool, it's Michael. weird. It is I, weird. <clears throat> you know, uh, Pronto opened for Jeff. Oh God. 15 years ago something like that um, uh-huh. and we did a few shows up in the northeast and um we played at uncommon what is it called oh this is awful um uh big venue in burlington um higher ground higher ground, higher ground. yes yeah. yes thank you um and jeff's like hey you want to play theologians uh during my show and i was like yeah that's great i'll leave a keyboard set up and we'll do it uh-huh. and i realized that my part has sort of nothing to do with the backbeat of that song. And then, and we hadn't practiced it. We hadn't run it. Cause like we played it, you know, a thousand times. And I was like, ah, oh, this will be great. Okay. And then I got up there and I'm like, wow, this is really weird and hard to do. <laughs> and had like several post pronto show cocktails. So I was a little, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the accuracy was a little lower than I would have liked it to have been. Well, yeah. I will tell Flannery that it's, it's not her. It's you. It's this weird. Is great. Like, okay. It's a, it's a, I don't know. I mean, it's just that that's my musical career to a degree. Like, like I know how to do some things and other people can't figure it out. So that's probably good. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into 2014 and, and and Jeff, you're going to set the musical stage for us to see what we get our brains back to 2014. The Grammy winner. It's the Grammy winner. Stay With Me by Sam Smith. Oh, this is that Sam Smith song? It is indeed. Oh, this is the one he got sued for, right? This is true. I'm not good at one night stand. But I still need love because I'm just a man. These nights never seem to go to plan. Well, I... Well, I don't want you back to make down. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't won't know. you stay? Uh, all right, wait. Who sued him? Why did he get sued? Uh, oh, I, uh, he got like, sued by Tom Petty. Yeah, I think and Tom well, Petty I mean, won. He did. He took "Stay with Me," built another pool on the Malibu estate for Tom Petty. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that he doesn't get to use anymore. Oh. You know, what's well, bummer about that is that. Uh, it, it, they were handling it privately and then Sam just couldn't help himself and did an interview where he was really mad and hurt. and like, that guy's got $50 million and it's my first hit and he couldn't leave me alone. And, and then, you know, Tom, Tom's like irascible Florida teenager came out a little bit. Like it looked like they were going to settle that quietly and then it got a little chippy, but. What, I would say on the list of winning suits like that this one's not as strong it's not ghostbusters where it's the exact no i know song. it's certainly not at the last week blurred lines i mean yeah, it's, blurred lines you know. is this oh, well yeah. i mean the drum beat is exact the vibe and the drum beat are exactly the same in yeah, yeah. Lines. that is that is a far more like egregious right like and colonial pilfering and that is yeah. like almost unexcusable right 
But it is the, a tough look for Tom Petty. It really is. Yeah, it was a little weird. I, it's just like it's like you can't copyright A minor. You know, I know, like, right? I don't, I don't know what song it's. I don't know what key it's in, but it's like it's just like a. <laughs> but if I did one, four, five, you know, I mean, give him a break. Yeah, and then like that one, you know, like all those songs that are basically with or without you. There's like three hundred of them, and they all seem to coexist without lawsuits. So. Yeah, and I mean, like Radiohead sued somebody, but they basically ripped off the Turtles. I mean, that's just how culture works, you know. Yeah. And then you get the lawyers and the and the the business people involved, and it really just it can be devolve and become very ugly very very quickly. Right. So. Well, it still won the Grammy. It is. It's a pretty humorous look for the Grammys. They <laughs> know, right? They're like, oh, this is stolen from something else. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 2014 also brings us uh, a, a lot of news. Uh, ben Barton, Adam Silver becomes the NBA commish. Good, good run so far by Silver. I would say pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't crazy about the All-Star game, hauling all those guys into Atlanta together yeah. to be in the same place and possibly get sick. But yeah. otherwise, I mean, I think he's done a pretty good job. Uh, yeah. And I was super turning... into the I was super into the Clipper stuff. I mean, he handled right. that. That was the turning point, right? When he threw uh, Donald Sterling out of the league and just made a stand for the players. Like, that was a, that was a good moment. Yeah. All right. All right. Good job. Uh, 2014. No <laughs> I don't know anything about sports, really. Oh, uh, I appreciate gonna... it. I don't. I don't deny anybody. I don't, I'm not. They're That's good news, man. Because I thought you were going to be like, I love Donald Sterling, but my favorite <laughs> thing is is an old racist. I, I, I mean, don't know why they why they couldn't let that guy keep that team. Oh, see, yeah, see, that's why. That's why no comments. I have no idea <laughs> yeah. waters I'm treading um, into. So I'll let you guys handle it well, from here. Well, Michael, I have gotten a lot of flack from Ben and Jeff uh, in the time we've been doing this about uh, space exploration. Uh-huh. Uh, how do you feel about space and space exploration? <laughs> um, God, it's complicated, especially in 20, <laughs> 2021, 2020. Um, you know, historically that was a it was you know the 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 race to space and like um was was really a galvanizing experience for our country and it sort of it did all the things that it sort of was supposed to do right you know like we're number one you know look at what we can accomplish when we put our minds to it and get americans to cooperate and Mm. uh but uh, and I, I have I have friends who uh, work at JPL and um, oh wow and so I've been I've I've gone there a couple times like on uh, there so they have a they have a public day where you know the, a general public is allowed to come and and tour and they have little exhibits and sort of like a science fair kind of thing but it's JPL so it's super <laughs> it's, awesome it's a really good science fair um, and a friend of mine is a roboticist <laughs> and she was showing my kids how she could control the Mars rover with her iPhone and oh. this was probably in. <laughs> 2015 20 yeah. like around the time that we were kind of talking about but but anyway uh it, you know the fact that the that perseverance that just landed is like it's all fly it's there's nobody's controlling it it's just computers wow it's astonishing right it's i mean incredible. that is a, a monumental task but we still have like a ton of problems here on earth okay that also okay. needs to Fair. be looked at yes. as well okay. so i so. i I see it at both sides, you know. So, 
So I thought it, I thought Tim was going to put you in a breakout room with him to do oh, that. Oh yeah, no, dude. Yeah, I was no, very yeah, excited. Tim has fired us, and you're the permanent guest. And it's not yeah. a music podcast anymore. It's just you guys talking space. But, but Michael's Michael's got a great point because in 2014, mankind is able to place a a rover on a moving comet, which I think is unbelievable. Oh, that is that's and, some next level. And at yeah. the same time, the Flint. Michigan water crisis starts and we can't get clean water to citizens for six well, years. Well, we could. Sorry. We just didn't okay. Want to. Okay. We were yep. doing other stuff. Yeah. Uh, right. It's, it's uh, embarrassing. It's it, really embarrassing. Is that right. 14? It started in 14? Isn't yeah, that unbelievable? 2014. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, we, we're not going to dwell on the other. The other piece of this moment is Tim will choose drastically tragic news from 2014 to share to bum us yeah. all out. And then we talk about music. It's a very, but like, it's become nothing... a very weird podcast. It has, it has peaks and valleys. So. Come at me, bro. I just went through 2020, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, all right. Here's what we got. A little contest between the three of you. Name the Nobel Peace Prize winner of 2014. Jeff, your first guess. Uh, ben Barton. Come on. Michael. Really? Grimes. It is <laughs> Malala. Oh. Oh, well, you know, you know, right. I should have had to take a shot at I that. I should have known. I should have known that. I've read that book to our kids. Um, yeah. But I was, you know, points for the one name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you didn't say share, which would have been a much less appropriate Weird. one yeah. name. Yeah. Answer, yeah. And, uh, um, not obvious. All right. Uh, sorry, back to sports. Michael, you could sit this one out. Uh, ben and Jeff, what was the worst loss? The Denver Broncos to the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl or Brazil losing to Germany in the World Cup? Was that the 7 nothing game? 7-1. Germany just – yeah, that was worse. That was unbelievable. I was I, just watching Brazilians sobbing in the stands. That yeah, was, that was the that key. Was, Michael. Yeah, I, look, I, soccer is the one thing that I'm All a right. fair weather friend <laughs> okay. uh, for. Uh, I, love, I love to watch football matches. Um, and, yeah, that, I remember that game. That was it brutal. was just like, so they are, this, is, <laughs> this is hardcore. They're hosting. They're drubbed. Yeah. Brazil's yeah. moment on the world stage as yeah. the hosts and they're in the finals and oh all right well since we're all so sad let's go to the number one hit of that wasn't so bad. actually i have a trivia question for Uh-oh. Tim and ben actually and it is a guest it's a, a guest question i got a little help from a mutual friend michael i have a trivia question uh-huh. about uh ready so okay Michael's dad was the engineer for what 1970s sitcom theme song? Michael's, oh, this dad, one. Michael's dad was the engineer for a television sitcom. A big one. Big, super famous, iconic television theme song that charted. Oh, welcome back, Carter. Now, Moving ben, on up. Tell me it's moving on up. Give me nope. some moving on up. No? It's an instrumental. There are no vocals. I'll get the first hint. Oh, uh, is it? What year is Hill Street Blues? It's not Hill Street Blues. Um, all right. So 1970s TV show. Inst- oh, is it The Rockford Files? No. Oh, Yaya's. Mike no. Post. 
Oh, God all right. Damn. I'll give you one. It's a one word clue. Ready? Rigor. It's a, 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 a word said on that show probably 1,000 times over its 12 years on the air. Rieger? Yeah. It also launched the careers of actors that dominated the 1980s in Back to the Future, Throw Mama from the Train. Billy. Oh, Soap. No, Taxi. Taxi. Bob oh. James's On the Radio, which became the Taxi theme song. That's no amazing. Way. Is that true? That's yeah. a crazy story. I hope it's true. Otherwise, no, it's, it's totally otherwise, true. I, I Tom just... Schick really set me up to look like an idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally true. I mean, that was. I mean, this is something that I've I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I imagine many of us are kind of stuck ruminating because there's not much else to do, and right, and just thinking back on my childhood and how weird it was <laughs> that Bob James was like this sort of secondary father figure in my life. Because we, my dad was an engineer and he was also his front of house guy. So, uh, you know, and any time that Bob would play, I would, I would go along if it was in New York. You know? uh -huh. So uh, I went to see him at the Blue Note and Avery Fisher Hall, the bottom line, uh, the Beacon Theater. And, um, but yeah, I, I was just listening to uh, early Bob James records that my dad worked on. And I was just like struck with how much, I still remember all the nuances of all of those incredible performances. Oh, wow. Oh, that's an intense story for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I was just listening to, I was listening to Angela. I, I swear it was just last week. And I was like, I haven't listened to this all the way through as a piece of music in a while. Cause you kind of hear it culturally. There it is. Yeah. I a second. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, the, the recorder's name, the guy who plays the recorder is a guy named George Marge who, um, I took two flute lessons from. <laughs> That's nice. so cool. And, uh, but yeah, it's, and it's, it is, it is sort of strange to realize like how different of an experience I have had growing up compared to like the guys in Wilco and practically every other human being on the planet <laughs> <laughs> where I was not a classic rock. Wasn't a thing for me. I didn't listen to right. it to anything but the mixes that my dad would bring home and I would listen to like the uh kiss fm which was back in the 70s and 80s was like the urban kind of like soul sure r&b station because that was like where all the cool music was being played yeah I didn't really care about top 40 radio or anything at that point and when I got a little older that became a little more important because those are cultural touchstones to talk right. to your friends about right but but up until that point, it was all Bob James and it's bizarre. And, and it's like, yeah. okay, no vocals. All songs have to be six minutes and you need yeah. like a million <laughs> instruments to play on. Yeah. You know, Angela is the first song I taught myself how to play on the piano. Oh, like really? I was, yeah. And I was like eight or nine. I spent the whole afternoon just picking out that. But I just, the first time I heard that, I just loved it. And I didn't realize like why the piano sounded wrong. I didn't understand it was a Fender Rhodes. I didn't know anything mm -hmm. about vintage keyboards, but uh, I just, uh, I loved that. And I had, and then I, um, I found Touchdown, the record it's on for like a dime at a county fair. And then when I realized it was longer than a minute, I was so excited, learned how to play yeah. the whole four minutes, you know? No, it's like, so it's such a, I love that song. And uh, it's, it's crazy to me that I mean, from a commercial standpoint, and we don't have to talk about this for too much longer, but um, the idea that you would put 
the theme song to a TV show in a six minute song. Right. Kind of amazing. You would imagine that like, oh, like, let's make this three minutes to so we can get it on the radio. Right. You know, there, there probably was a radio edit of it. But like on the album version, nope, it's a six minute jam. Like, Dude, yep. even <laughs> the radio version, Jeff's had it charted. There's a top different... 40 radio station where they were like, hey, that was Diana Ross. And next up, and then they played <laughs> that song. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael, what, what's your hometown? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I was born in Glen Ridge, New Jersey. So just oh, okay. across from Manhattan. And, um, and then my parents moved to Atlantic Highlands, which is sort of due south of the Verrazano uh, Bridge. Okay. The connect Staten Island to Brooklyn. Sure. And I could see that from my bedroom growing up. We were right on oh, the water really on this cool. this cool old dilapidated Victorian. And um yeah. All right. All right. Well, Jeff, that's your segue into the Grammy winner. Hey, can you check I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Uh Jeff, that's your segue into the number one hit. It's the number one hit. Happy by Pharrell Williams. This is it. Oh, it might seem happy. crazy what I'm about to say. Sunshine, she's here, you can take a break. I'm a hot air balloon that could go to space. With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way. Huh. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you All right, uh, so we talked about, is it Pharrell? Yes. Last week, we talked about him with Blurred Lines, but you guys both mentioned you liked his earlier stuff. What was his earlier stuff? Ben? Yeah, so he's a super well-known um, rap producer and rapper. Um, he was in the Neptunes. And originally, like, he was, like, wrapped along with Pusha T. Like, they were a super interesting oh. group of folks. Okay. Um, and then he did Nerd, N-E-R-D, which was, like, a more, like, prog rock mix with rap stuff. And Blurred Lines was a total comeback for him. Like, it was not, huh. it was not clear that he was going to make it. And then he just really, like, cashed in big time. This is Despicable Me, right? That's that yeah. was the movie this was in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that, for me, this is see, taking my son to see Weird Al Yankovic, though. Like, uh, which is still maybe one of the all-time greatest shows I've ever seen. I cannot overemphasize what, what is his how amazing Weird Al is in concert. But what, what is his song for this? Uh, tacky, <laughs> like mis mismatching outfits and bad hats. But the show started. <laughs> With the band on stage playing this, and then Weird Al was projected in the parking garage of the Masonic, and then he sang it, he took the elevator up, and then he went outside, all still singing, and then came in the front door and ran down the aisle and finished the song on the stage with a guy filming him the whole time. It was just like... It was the craziest, most hilarious and very first four minutes of a rock concert I've ever seen. And then he took it, it went up from there. I was just... I remember texting the... Friend, the, the guys in the band I was in at the time, like our our stage show is so abysmally unacceptable compared to what I'm watching. It's just like a Broadway show, you know. <laughs> so good, National Treasure, Weird Al. Yeah, yeah, man, National Treasure. Yeah, I've taken oh, my son to see him like five times, and I mean, he, I, I, I've left all five times thinking like, 
we should just make Weird Al's super fans like a national think tank cabinet and we'd be okay. Like they would, they would find <laughs> solutions for things, you know? But man, the happy song is just, I think that it was like, it didn't even have like any push, right? Like it just, it was just, it was like wildfire. It really was. Like there, I, from people like, I, I remember it. seeing a, yeah. an interview with Pharrell and Oprah for, and it's, it's been a long time since I've seen this, but she was just like, it just, it just exploded without a lot of like industry push, you know? Right. I mean, it was just the right song at the right moment. Um, and we were still, uh, uh, what we were like two years into Obama at that point. No, no, no. No. Four, wait, what is this 2016? This is 2014. So two years into a second term. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, man, shit is great. Yeah, a lot of problems, but like, <laughs> shit is pretty great right now. Like, it feels really good. Like, all that music from from that era always sounds really happy. Like Phoenix and yeah, yeah, that's right. From from that moment, is this real sort of joyous feeling? But not not anymore so much. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna really so throw throw ice water on this conversation. <laughs> but, but before I do, uh, the ice bucket challenge was in 2014 oh this is your invitation to cynicism you can be cynical about it or not uh did you all participate in the ice bucket challenge to raise awareness for als i did it yes yes i did did it ben yeah. barton so this will come up in the song selection but we were living in slovenia oh. and my older daughter who was then I guess 12, right? Or 13 did it. And so I can't say anything mean about it at all. Okay. <laughs> did, did you Fair get enough. water poured on you, Ben? No, but Michael, you did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Icy cold water. Yep. I didn't find it all that troublesome. To be okay. Honest. Hey, I'll tell you what. They raised $220 million worldwide, which is more than they would have raised without, without it, it, for sure, yeah. an ice bucket challenge. Uh, Jeff, what were you going to say? <laughs> well, I have a creepy moment from that, which is uh, my head of school uh, oh, went out in a blaze of, of just inglorious bad behavior uh, the next year. And the moment when I realized something was really wrong with him is he challenged himself to the ice bucket challenge and like got up on stage in front of the whole school and silently said, I'm taking the ice bucket challenge and then just poured a bucket of water on his head and like saturated the stage and shorted out some lights and then just stood there wet and then walked out immediately out of the auditorium and just left. And we were all like, uh, and I definitely remember turning to the guy next to me like, okay, Something's not right there. Yeah. And like that... three months later, he was arrested. So, yeah. Yeah. We won't get into that. Uh, that was the dark But it, was, times it turned out to be an indicator of people's, you know, how, how were people doing? Like, you know, like you could get a sense from that. But. Um, okay. Uh, Colorado adopts the uh, state licensed sale of cannabis. We've survived, right? We're, yeah. we're doing okay as a society. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> um <laughs> all right i've got uh impossible questions michael this these are all for you okay. um because ben and jeff over the course of the podcast have answered these questions so this is going to be rapid fire it's gonna be like word association okay rapid fire 
you're going to tell me your favorites. And this is an impossible question. You just have to go with it. You cannot name anyone with whom you've played or play. Okay. Because that would be unfair. All right, ready? Uh, greatest guitarist ever. Uh, Jeff Beck. All right. Nice one. That makes you really happy. Okay. Uh, greatest drummer ever. Steve Gadd. Nice. I'm sorry. Who's Steve Gadd? He's a he's a session drummer. He's played on okay a hundred songs you've heard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, greatest bassist ever. Uh, Pino Palladino. Okay. Uh, greatest male vocalist. Donny Hathaway. Greatest female vocalist. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald. Wonderful. Oh, dude, these are great answers, these man. Great. You're just demolishing me and Jeff. You're doing a All really right. nice job. And now I love it. You get some deep cuts in there. It's really well done. Jeff and Ben, you get to enter into the conversation off the top of your head. Uh, greatest keyboardist. Go. Present company excluded, of course. I was just going to say, right now. I, I would say McCoy Tyner is my all-time favorite piano player. Nice. That's jazz. McCoy. And then um, I would say for rock keyboards, I like guys who kind of keep it chunky and, and – uh, kind of in the middle of the keyboard. So I'm going to go with uh, the guy from level 42. Yeah, exactly. Um, love who plays guitar for night Ranger. I'm going to go with <laughs> David Sanchez. Okay. Uh, probably not the right answer, but I just heard him play this afternoon. He can, he's okay. very good. Uh, Michael, Ben, who wants to go next? I declined to answer this without prep. That's, this is not fair. You're oh, come on! No way. No You're way. the worst. Um, All right, Michael. <laughs> I mean, the list is so long. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Thelonious Monk, Bill Evans, Randy Newman. Oh, I do like Randy uh, Elton John. Uh I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's pretty great. Uh, no, those with, uh, are perfect. Corey, Corey Henry, Robert Glasper, those guys, uh, uh, Jacob Collier. I mean, Herbie Hancock. I mean, you know, Ooh, there's, yeah. there's no shortage. Where do you, where, do you, where can you draw the line? Yeah. All right. And uh, favorite Bob Dylan song ever, Michael? Um, at, at least in, uh, on March uh, 9th, here's, uh, This is a weird one. Uh, everything is broken. Oh yeah! All right, we're big O'Mercy fans. That they he O'Mercy appeared prominently in 1989. So Woo. Nice. Yeah, Which, that was like every you know. I mean, again, I was I mean, I've been talking about this to some friends about my access points, and maybe you guys have similar experience. Like your access point when you first are exposed to an artist right. is usually a really weird moment in their career. Because <laughs> you know, for me, it was the 80s. So like the 80s, the first Bob Dylan record that I had was Oh Mercy. Yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, this is what Bob Dylan's all about. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And then you got to go back. You're like, oh, okay, no, not really. You know? Okay. Or yes is a good example. Like, oh, owner Perfect. of a lonely heart. I like yes. And yeah. then you go, Fragile, like, oh no, this is a very different. 
You know, it's so funny you say that because I think Nino, whatever that is, Nino two one five was the first, and then I bought one of those two for one cassettes that had fragile on one side and close to the edge on the other. Nice. And I bought it when I was reading Helter Skelter, the book about the Manson family. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I and I just freaked myself out. I went from like '80s pop and then this like. 17 minute songs and I'm, I'm reading about like Los Angeles and 16. I have such a vivid memory of being like 13 years old and, and scaring the shit out of myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like going backwards into that band. All right. Well, I think you did very well uh, going yeah, off that the top was great. of your head, Michael. That, yeah. was, that was terrific. That wasn't easy. Let's go to our three songs. Our three songs which tonight is our four songs. Look at that. Uh, ben, why don't you start us off? Then we'll go to Michael, Jeff, and Tim. Uh, hold, hold on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm prepared. Oh, that's okay. What is it? Am I just picking <laughs> uh, a song from 2014, 2016? Your favorite song from 2014. Yep. And favorite being open to your interpretation. Yeah, the totally. It's mean, not song the of the year. meant the most. Yeah. How it hit you. Or looking back now, how you think so about it? It could have it could have been a record that I listened to in 2014 that wasn't didn't come out in 2014. You know yes. what? Sure. I you know because here's here's the embarrassing thing that I was going to admit earlier, but uh -huh. I got I forgot. It's like I don't listen to tons of new music because you and me uh, both. When I when I when I'm traveling and playing, it's sort of like I need to rest rest my ears, especially oh, for playing shows. You know, yeah. there's like it's sort of like a limited amount of bandwidth. And then I get home and I'm dad, you know, and it's like go from like one extreme of having every possible contingency thought about and taken care of for me, which is like a, a it's like a fantasy camp. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get home and then it's like, here are all the things that you have to do before lunch. Right. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and both are great, but I, I, I wind up not, and it's I get sort of sucks because I feel like there's probably a, a bunch of stuff that I've missed. So, um, but yeah, so I'm just that's my little insecurity about <laughs> this sort yeah. of thing. But I'm I, sure I can. I'm sure I can I find something. Uh, yeah, I you and I are on the same page with space uh, and with <laughs> music. So this is all good. And for and for exactly the same reason. <laughs> Because Tim is so saturated with music for his professional life that he needs a break. Right. Nice try, buddy. I'm still mad at you about last week coming after me about my pick. Like, I picked a good song, and then you're you like, pick, and you and I you have no curiosity afterwards. Why? <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. I just assume that the song you hear more than any other as a volleyball coach is da 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 da. da. Uh -huh. Hey! Yeah. So once you get that out of your head, <laughs> no, you have that's time a for terrible song to. Uh, yeah, don't worry. We don't we don't play that. <laughs> like that's a like you know that guy is a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, Gary Glitter. Anyway, oh Gary yeah Glitter. yeah yeah. All right, Ben Barton. We're turning it over to you. Michael Jorgensen will uh, keep prepping behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I've got three different things to say. The first okay. thing is that I, I owe an apology based on two weeks ago. Oh, to, I got in, to the audience? Uh, Twitter spat oh. with super fan Kevin Brown. <laughs> and but I'm just going to go ahead and just give a flat, us Michael Jorgensen. I know. I'm yeah. just going to give a flat apology to this. This is okay. the guy who loves this podcast more than people and members of my family. And here I am arguing with a dude on Twitter. Yeah. That's first. 
<laughs> Second, he couldn't have been more right. He couldn't have been more oh. right, at least insofar as he said, I spent five minutes criticizing Drake and I didn't explain why I actually liked the song. So I'm going to go ahead and give a brief explanation for why I love okay. Hell Yeah, Hell Yeah, fucking right so much. Okay. okay. Uh, first, I'm a huge fan of the anthem. The Windows Down, a song you can sing along with, and this okay. is a perfect song for that. Okay. Second, I'm going to suggest that it is occasionally very appropriate in your professional life. So this is an actual thing that happened. This year, the dean of the law school put me on the strategic planning committee because I've written a book about law schools. I know a lot about it, but I hate strategic planning. And I, I was like, I think this is a waste of time. And he was like, no, 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 you should do it. So the very first thing I did, the first meeting this committee, I convinced them to never meet again because we're going to hire a new dean and then we'll do it with the next dean. So I, I was like, that's a huge trial. <laughs> dean stops me in the hallway and he's like, is it true that you sub like, uh, torpedoed the strategic planning oh, committee record no. anymore? And I was like, to quote Drake, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, fucking right. And I thought that was a perfect use of that. It was, and that is pretty one good. of the reasons why I love that song so. Okay, that's fair. Right. Plus, you probably got yourself out of committee work for the rest of your time at the No, university. no, he's just going to assign me to different committees to torpedo them, and then we're going to have right. get all of that stuff taken care of. <laughs> nice. nice. So 2014 uh, was a big year for TV on the radio. Okay. 2011, uh, Nine Types of Light comes out, and the bassist dies. Oh. Gerard Smith, and he Shoot. dies like two weeks before the record comes out, and he's in his late 30s, and he dies of lung cancer. It's super, oh. super sad for these guys. And if you've heard the records, you know they spent like nine months, 15 hours a day, all packed together like sardines in a Brooklyn <laughs> studio, Whoop. just recording things and getting it all correct. Okay, um, so they're heartbroken over it. They take a couple of years off, and then they come back and they record 2014 Seeds. And it's a funny record. Like the uh, critics consider it to be, and it's the last record they've come out come out with, and it might've like the death of the basses might've broken them. That might've been it for them. They barely toured. Um, the record is not as well reviewed as the previous ones. Um, like Cookie Mountain and Desperate Youth uh, are like you know, records of the year. This one is sort of poo-pooed by the critics as a you know mid-career, you know, slower, less interesting album. I couldn't disagree more. This is my favorite TV on the radio record. It's filled with heartbreak and grief and coming to terms with it. And it really just crushed me this year. It comes out in July of 2014, just exactly at the time where I uproot my entire family and move us to Slovenia for a year for a Fulbright. And it was an amazing experience. We learned a lot, blah, 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 but it was really hard. Like yeah, the girls sure. were in sixth and eighth grade. Gosh. India had finished up her time on the school or she actually quit working on the school board. She went over and taught at an American school over there and had like five preps a day. Oh, she wow. hadn't taught in yeah. 10 years. I don't know. 15, <laughs> 20 years. It was brutal for her. Um, and this record that covers that mood and covers, it's like a midlife record too, really, really, really carried me through that year. I'm not going to choose Seeds, Jeff. I'm going to choose Quartz. And if quartz. you could start Quartz at the 22nd mark, 
It's this repeating, looping bells. There's this weird percussive sound that Sitek dropping a, a uh, dropping pieces of drums into the piano on the strings, and you can hear like clanging with the noise. And he's got that little loop throughout it, and it's a beautiful love song for a relationship that's sort of like continuing on into the harder part of being together. And so it was perfect for me in fourteen. Jeff Quartz. Quartz by TV on the radio. So the harmonies in that, the rolling down the road part is so amazing. It comes in out of nowhere. The part where it just drops out super quiet and then comes back in with the full noise stuff. And then the guitars start coming in. Uh, I can't say enough. I mean, basically, I've already said it. Like, I I love this band. I pretty much love everything they put out. Um, And I also, I was just like so mad at the stupid critics. They were like, it's not as complicated or interesting as the previous work. I was like, really? (laughs) <laughs> really that's your re- this is the first song of the stupid record that's your reaction to this song is it's not complicated enough for you like uh i love wow. it and uh spoke to me this was the song this was the album of the year for me i actually i couldn't choose between seeds trouble or this song and i just chose quartz because it's the first song um but I, I i listened i wore this record out and it All got right. me through that year i gotta i gotta listen to tv on the radio that's it. Well, I totally, I totally agree. It's their best record, and um, I just sometimes a, re- a band's just due for a backlash. I mean, our guest, yeah, knows, our guest knows a little bit something about that. I mean, like, yeah. if you put out six great records in a row, people just decide that the fifth one isn't as good because they're tired of the narrative of total success, um, which is a shame. I do think that's a more modern, post-internet social media phenomenon that people are, people feel that hot take. Right, right. Instantaneous reaction. And, you know, the greatest art requires a little time to work with. But uh, all the things that I couldn't find in TV on the radio when Ben first fell for them, I find in this record. This is, I love this record. This is a great record. And it's great for all the reasons that Ben said. It's uh, it's hypnotic. 
It's got uh, soul. It's got heart. It's got warmth. It's got experimentation. And it's just, you know, it just sounds like, you know, great musicians uh, giving themselves permission to be great. You know, I don't thumbs up for me. Are they are they uh, are they broken up, Ben? No, they've not broken up, but they're on a they're on a what appears to be maybe a permanent hiatus to a semi permanent hiatus. It's, I love them okay. so much. I'm on their mailing list. They don't mail uh, me anything, so I go to their website and I like comb through their website, and then I look to see if they've been interviewed. And and like I'm like, get out, you know, like get in the freaking studio already. Like I mean, it's 2014 is their last record. Oh it's wow, really this is their last record. Okay, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. It's a long stretch. All right, Michael, should we go to you or to Jeff? Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've been jog jogging my memory here, so. Um, we do that. Yeah, so I have, I have three that are, <laughs> one is really, one is like super popular that everybody would know, and then the other two are probably way under the radar, but. Okay. Would be kind of cool, maybe. All right, let's name uh, them all. Okay, so. Royals by Lord. Awesome. What a what an incredibly cool sounding track. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Huge. I mean, I mean, there's like nothing to it. I mean, not that there's nothing to it, but there's uh, there's such an economy of production. Yeah. In that, and then the vocals and heard the lyrics, and it's just such a a well crafted piece of music. From awesome. a technical standpoint to sort of an emotional standpoint, it's just it's just wonderful. Love it, love it. And uh, and so the other two uh, is one is a band called it's, it's probably the best band name I've heard in a <laughs> long time. It's called Landlady, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's my friend Adam Schatz uh, who is in New York, um, and we played a couple shows together, and we're We've kept in touch over the years, but uh, there's a song. Uh, it's on Bandcamp, um, and it is. Uh, it's called "Above My Ground." Above my ground by. I'm working on it. Landlady. Landlady. Yeah. Um, and it's. I mean, the whole record is really great, but that one is the one that sort of struck me. Um, again, this. This sort of, you know, this. Uh, you know, Adam's got um, a very colorful sounding voice mm. and it's, 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 it's certainly not like in the Lord camp. It's definitely more of a, you know, it's, I feel like it's similar to my voice maybe where it's like, you know, a little like nasally and pinched in some ways when I sing, <laughs> but, uh, but he does it really well. And he, he's really, and it's just, it, that's a really great, a great song. Jeff, do you got um, 30 seconds? Um, above my ground, my landlady.
I assume your friend will not sue us for wow. going over the one minute mark. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Adam will be will be all right with that. That's good stuff. By the way, wow, yeah. I really like that. The it website gets... is landladyland.com, which is even better than the landladyland. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. No, he's very clever. And I love that, that those lyrics are sort of, I mean, we've all probably been in the state of really missing somebody or right. and having some unrequited feelings, but I don't think that's what this is about. I feel like this is about a much more profound loss. Okay. Just like a girlfriend or some, some broken heart situation, you know? Um, Cause I feel like we've all heard that song sure. a lot, but this, this seems like it's a, there's something more to this relationship rather than just like somebody stubbing out a cigarette on your heart. You know? Yeah, I mean, His voice is a killer though. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. All right, yeah, well, uh, funny. I was totally, I was drawn to the instrumentation so much. I barely heard the singing. Like oh really? Like, yeah. Like, oh, that yeah, bass line, when that bass line the piano came in, and then the terrific, guitar yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. the drums and then to come in with a full band, super yeah. yeah. likable. And, and like, then just they, and then try to figure out what the next chord is going to be. Right? No, yeah, for like sure. <laughs> it was like a deconstruction of a rock song with the different parts, and then you bring it all together in a weird way. Super yeah. likable. No, he's he's really he's super talented, and um, and he just wrote a piece for the New York Times about learning how to play Simon Smith's and uh, Dancing Bear. Was that how the- Oh, the I read that, the, the Randy Newman, Simon yeah, Smith yeah. and the Dancing That's Bear, Adam. yeah. Yeah. No way, oh yeah. my God, all right. So he's having, he's having his moment. All right, go, go at it. <laughs> COVID moment. Um, and then the other one is, uh, it's a bit of a, and it's not necessarily nepotism, but it's my good friend, Roberto Lang, who goes as uh, Elado Negro. And we worked on a song together back in 2012 okay i think yeah and and it it uh, it came out on this this record and i i just love roberto and any any more attention that i can shine his way um, super it's great but there's this song called um oh god they're all so good uh, Mitad de, de, de tu mundo from eladonegro.bandcamp.com. It's the second track. His music is just so soulful and wonderful. And, you know, there's a, this big electronic component to it. But at the same time, there are, there are songs about experiences. And even though a lot of them are in Spanish and I don't understand the lyrics, it, you know, kind of doesn't. You can still get it. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, I'm not feeling like I want that I need to know the lyric, what the lyrical content mm -hmm. is. But it's a kind of that's also sort of a newer development for me re recently. Is like <laughs> it turns out that the lyrics are usually what a song is about. <laughs> as, as funny and as who knew as, as that sounds? Because again, like we were talking earlier, my Bob James yeah. thing, there were no lyrics, <laughs> you know. And when no. there was, it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> And, but I've been trying really hard to, to cultivate my own voice in that way. And, and, you know, and being in a band with Jeff is, is great, but it's also a little bit daunting. Right. Right. Time, you know, um, not that he would ever critique me harshly for something like that. No, no. You know? um, but, uh, but nevertheless, that, like that voice is in the, is part of the, the Greek chorus that's in my mind. Sure. And I put pencil to paper or pen to paper or, pixel to screen whatever you, whatever <laughs> metaphor you like <laughs> all right here we go mitad de tu mundo by a lado negro oh. 
I don't have an artful way to fade out on Bandcamp, but uh, <laughs> that's just, good stuff. It's really Super just pretty. like dreamy and beautiful, and and it's very there's a really earnest, genuine quality right. to Roberto's music that I resonates with me. Uh, that's what I was saying. I don't know what he's saying, but I believe him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, uh, I'm in. You know, Mita del Mundo is uh, de tu mundo is like the middle of middle of your world, middle of the mm. world, um, which is sort of you know everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Right. So can I ask you a follow-up question about writing? Because um, yeah, sure. I would imagine that one of the one of the challenges you have is your facility with sound manipulation, right? I mean, there are some guys who you know they they play the guitar, they play the piano, they play the bass, they play it in a way that sounds the way it sounded when they were a kid. Um, and my experience is that people with tremendous facility at the instrument aren't aren't always the same ones that are technically capable to manipulate that sound and make it something different like uh greenwood from radiohead or some other guys and then there are people who are very capable with sonic manipulation but they're kind of rudimentary players you know that they really are they're more engineers than and and you are a kind of a, a interesting mix of both with real technical facility but also mastery of the piano as a portal to a sonic landscape so how do you edit yourself? Like, how do you, do you hear a sound and chase after it? Or do you play a part and say, okay, how do I make that into something that is itself, but different sounding. So it's distinguished from other things. Or is it a, is it a chicken or the egg? Like I'm just, I just find myself, I'm somebody who finds himself now so overwhelmed in a studio with choices <laughs> that I just say, make it sound like a Wurlitzer. Whereas, you know, and, and I'm, I'm always impressed with people who can, push a little bit without being so distracting that the noise becomes the the, the distinguishing piece yeah. rather than the part totally uh i mean i think that i all three or, or all of the examples that you gave are pretty much valid ways of accomplishing a recorded sound right there's times where like the part the melody comes to me like oh what if it's i would play this and and then it's like, okay, well, what's, what should that sound be? Should it be a piano? Should it be a tech piano? Should it be a Beale Rhodes? Should it be a Wurlitzer? And, you know, with, with Wilco, we have the luxury of being able to like, well, let's just try this first, see how it's working. And then if it's not, we'll try something try else. This, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's the more immediate way to, to, for me to get into a song is um, I made the horrible decision to, when we were working on Ode to Joy, not a horrible decision, but um, I was like, I'm just going to listen to the, the demos that Jeff sent just once. And then I want to just really kind of just be in the moment in the studio um, and, and just react and be as sort of like um, on my toes as possible. And it, it worked for like one or two songs, but I realized like, you know, as we were getting into the, the more of the material, I was like, oh, this is a little bit more... <laughs> orchestrated in a range than than i maybe had thought so i had to like go then chart it out so like that's the other way it'll happen it'll i'll go figure out the chords i'm sometimes i'll write it down and then i'll go and at the loft we all have our little our desks so i can i have a little keyboard there so if i need to just work on something i can put headphones on and okay and work while other stuff is happening and um and then i can 
I'll have the the sort of the, the the harmonic structure of whatever song, and then um, and then I have a few ideas about how I want to go about it. What does the song need? Um, and then I try, I try, I try, I try, I try to get out of my way as much as possible because intention is a fickle mistress. What you <laughs> what you intend to do um, and what actually happens can be so glaringly disparate and, and different that it like that becomes more of the challenge of like how how do I honor the the gesture of what this song is and still have uh, some sense of responsibility if that makes sense <laughs> yeah totally to, to doing a to doing a good job or to you know to sort of satisfying the kind of nebulous hard to pin down criteria of of what it is and you just you just have to start doing something because if it sucks you just change it and yeah okay. i i'm i'm a big fan of making a big mess um yeah. okay well, and you and, have the luxury of that when you i mean it's even that description you have your own desks that you can i know to. So I mean, i'm so often <clears throat> i don't i'm not trying to hashtag myself here but i'm so often in a situation where I, i'm pulled into a session right and i've got the artist and the producer and like, okay, play something. And you do a first pass. And if they like the first pass, they're like, thanks for coming in. Like, so, so you're like, you know, you have to, you don't have that. Like, Hey, let me go sit for five minutes and think about it. You know, I'm frequently in yeah. positions where they, they, the artist can hear the clock ticking and they're seeing the money slip away. And, you know, and, right. and you're, you know, you're not, you, you are called in to deliver something that they hear in their head, but can't get out of their head. And right. I just, that 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 uh, space to take a breath is nice when you can get it for sure. But I think that's I I mean I've been in those situations before and it's not the most fun or creative. I mean there's nothing like a deadline to get stuff done. And, right. And there's there's certainly something to be said for that. I was watching a video of uh, Steve Lukather talking about his session days, and do you know that Rick Beato? Do you know him? He's a YouTube. Yeah, yeah, he's guy. great. Yeah, really just super cool dude, very thoughtful, extraordinarily talented and 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 technically miles above uh, most. Um, but he was talking to him. He's like, what do you like? How do you do that? Like, how do you, you play this solo in the Lionel Richie song? And he's like, oh, man, I was just screwing around. Like, I just, you know, he's like, but I can't believe that you, that's what you came up with. He's like, that's the job, you know. So if you're in that all the time, you come up with strategies mm -hmm. and ways to to deal with that. But if it happens, maybe like in the case of like a Wilco record, where it's like once every two years, yeah. um, and yeah. not every day, like five right. days a week or more. Um, but that's where that's. I don't know that I can make a record in another way because mm. I've sort of been <laughs> Pavlovianly trained, right. Is that a thing you can say, Pablo? I think so. Yeah, on this podcast, without question. Yeah. Um, by the way, by the way, Ben, my big takeaway from all this is that the Fifty Years of Music with Fifty Year Old White Guys podcast needs a loft. We're gonna have to. <laughs> I want a loft. It'll have to be. Well, you need one. The... Look at your basement. You need a loft so desperately, Tim. I don't mean to. Sh I mean, if anyone, I've got, a, three... I've got a basement. It's kind of like a loft. Look, the vibe of your basement isn't. I mean, isn't that different than the Wilco law? <laughs> it's a whole lot of stuff crammed into a big space. Um, yeah. 
And that is um, great. There's probably not a studer tape machine in your corner there, but <laughs> there's, there's other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Jeff Simons, what's your pick for 2014? I have a, I actually have a big famous pick, but oh. I, I'm, I continue to be amazed at how few people I, who I think will know all about this artist know of her, but don't know her very well. And even though I believe this won the Grammy for the, for best alternative record, I, I still, when I name check St. Vincent, I'm, unless I'm with like the, like micro right. group of super fans, people are just like, who, what? And I just can't. I don't understand why she hasn't crossed over. So my pick for this year, and there were, this was a tough year. There are a lot of records I love this year, but um, St. Vincent put out her self-titled record this year. And I, I've name checked her before in this podcast. As yeah. One you of have guitar players right now. And um, I just, first of all, I just admire her. Like she, she became a professional musician very young. She was still like late teens, early twenties. She played in Glenn Branca's guitar orchestra. She played uh, in the Polyphonic Spree when they had like a thousand members. No way. Yeah, she's just- I always really wanted to be in that. Start, I know, right? Uh, I, she had a really interesting start to her career. And then um, I just find her music uh, really adventurous and really honest. And, and, uh, and it's very different record to record in ways that I think show a lot of growth. Um, and this was this is still my favorite. I I liked her. Uh, actually, she made a record called uh, Mass Education, I think it's called. And then she put out a piano solo version of it that actually looked better. Um, <laughs> she's just a terrific musician. But she's a she's a guitar player that does what I was just asking Michael about. Like she, it doesn't sound like a guitar very often. Um, yeah, she plays very angular, sharp notes. Her live show is just beyond belief. Like. Uh, it's you know it's very minimalist and she's making all these kind of robotic gestures and it's borderline performance art. Um, huh. But uh, I just I just find her I just think she's one of those musicians who's really really interesting. She doesn't make a record that I don't want to at least hear. And I I don't love all of it, but I I think that's when you're when when you're that committed to a vision of pushing the envelope, I think that's going to happen. So my song's Birth in Reverse, which is one of the, I guess, hits from this record. But it, it is another, I just want to say before I start playing it, like there are a lot of great songs written about masturbation, and this is one of them um, right <laughs> off the top. I can't it's wait for that with, podcast. That's going to be a great podcast. It's up there with uh, <laughs> Pictures of Lily by The Who, St. Swithin's Day by Billy Bragg, Shebop by Cindy Lauper. Like this belongs in the the pantheon of those. Or uh, Knob Off by Skunk. Yeah, ben. one of my favorites. Classic, <laughs> one of the all time great first lines of a song ever. Anyway, uh, I just I, I love St. Vincent, and here's Birth in Reverse. Birth in Reverse by St. Vincent. Oh, what an ordinary day. Birth in the verse, what I saw through the blinds. 
Like there's so many wow. great She's things going jamming. on in her plan. Funky. She also sounds like D Boone from the Minuteman at times. Like I just think she she's She's one of those people who takes in a lot of very cool influences and makes them her own. Really cool. I'm a fan. Right. I got to give her. Uh, do you guys have any opinions? I got to give her more of a listen. Oh, I'm a huge St. Vincent fan for sure. You are. I think uh, I, my favorite song is your, my lips are red or your lips are red. That's um, a great song too. 2007. Yeah. Your lips are red from 2007. Um, but I love this record and the mass education records. Great too. That's an Antonoff record. That's one of, that's one of the records that he's done on his hot streak. Um, she's great. I've seen her live. I saw her at uh, Bonnaroo. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous show. Um, I love it. It's so like angular and weird. And like, this is a perfect, this is a great example of her work. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It comes in and out with like really, really, really different parts. Um, and that, but at the same time, I mean, like she's a great guitar player and a beautiful singer. She could be doing like just a crooning set. You know what I mean? Yeah. But instead she comes in with this like really, really, really spicy angular take. I love it. But still very human and still very emotional. And I connect to it. Like it's not, I mean, sometimes performance art leaves me a little cold because I feel like the it's so aesthetic. Is that that's the point? I don't feel that way about her stuff. Like no, I think that, that that's fair. But on the other yeah. hand, like like um, I like it. It's aggressively artsy. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah, kind of yeah, going and she's not messing around with it at all. It's super likable. Cool, aggressively artsy. I like that. No, Saint Vincent. She's she's a force. Um, we uh, we played a festival. Wilco played a festival in Memphis. Um, the, I guess it's like Beale Street Festival or sure. Blues Fest or something, and it's right on the river there. Um, and and St. Vincent, they are they're on before us, and um, I remember being struck by how little equipment they had on stage. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, it's just Annie, uh, a female guitar player, drummer, and a keyboard player, and I was like, how does this all make? How is the? How is so much sound happening? But there's nothing on stage, and then I got in touch with their keyboard player at the time, Daniel Mintziris. And um, he's like, I was like, how do, how do you, how do you do this? And he's like, I actually, there's a lynda.com tutorial or run through <laughs> of my entire Ableton setup. No I way. Like, I was like, Oh shit. So I watched it. And I was like, this has unlocked and answered some questions that I've had for so long. Oh wow. <laughs> and so in a weird way, I have, I owe a debt of gratitude uh, or an indirect debt of gratitude to to St. Vincent and Daniel for um, showing me the way into using the computer as a as a really sort of powerful tool for live, not necessarily for playing back beats and samples and stuff, but to have like good sounding piano sounds and good sounding synth sounds like ready to go when I push the button marked you know, trying to break that your heart. That's fascinating. Everything comes up. Yeah. So, Lynda.com. I Unlock believe it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, amazing. I, mean, I love that's that. so great. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, he was so sweet. He's like, I swear to God, everything that I talk about in that video is in the manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people hate to read. My son won't do anything unless there's a YouTube video that explains Tutorial, how to do it. Tutorial, yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. my fish is dying. I'm like, well, you should read about it. He's like, yeah. No, nope. I've been dying fish into YouTube. It's like eighteen thousand <laughs> videos of people like these fish look like this. How about this? Hilarious. But man, that there are some things about 
modern life that are amazing. I mean, I guess yeah. it is dystopia, right? Because it's like <laughs> the the extremes are are getting so incredibly far apart. Um, but something stupid happened in our house. Like one of the drawers in our refrigerator broke. Right. You know, like it cracked and it fell, and I was like, "Fuck, man! Like, how the hell am I gonna find a replacement for this?" Uh-huh. drawer and i was like well i'll just go look like so I, I started searching and then there's a there's a, a website where all they do is sell you appliance <laughs> yeah. parts and it's amazing <laughs> because i don't have to go deal with this yeah. being a broken thing in my life and um and somebody yeah. didn't you know make a little money and i was like this is this is that is progress in right. some weird way. Um, <laughs> Four no, days totally. later, it's all fixed. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, That's oh, great. thank God. <laughs> all right. Well, I, we're, we're coming up on the end right now. I have some, some good news and bad news. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about appliance repair for longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it. That's it. No. <laughs> so you all did. Uh, you, you did well. Valiant efforts trying to find the best song of 2014. Uh, unfortunately, for you all, I have the best song of 2014. Jeff, how much Frazy Ford do you have in your computer? I don't think I have any. But we're I'm gonna, ready. We're going to go with September Fields by Frazy Ford. Best song of 2014. September Fields by Frazy Ford. Is a voice that compels me forward. Do you guys like Frazy Ford? Do you know Frazy Ford? I don't, don't know anything. I don't know anything about Frazy Ford, and uh, oh. I expected to find the Spotify page and think you'd found some, but no. Uh, that's she was got in a, 14 million hits. That song. It's an enormous she, hit. She's uh, she was in the Be Good Tanya's. Have you heard oh, of them? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that voice is just an absolute killer for me. Sign me I up. actually have this song on my iTunes. 
This is the only song I have from Frazee Ford's 2014 release, Indian Ocean. And I have no idea why I have it, but I do have it. So Because of the voice. At least, at least we're in the same neighborhood, Timmy. Nice job. You've got one Frazee Ford song, and this is it. I actually, do you want to hear my actual theory of how I have it? Uh-oh. All right. So no. I, I do the Metacritic thing. I look at the Metacritic and any right. album that comes in at 80 or above on Metacritic, that's not a death it, metal album. You give it I a go listen. ahead and buy. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll go to the website and I'll just listen through it and I'll choose one song. And I'm pretty sure that's what happens. All right. Hey, I'll take it. But I, we chose the same song. So at least we're yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. She, uh, she's from Canada, I think, British Columbia. But she went to Memphis to record this album. So it had some Memphis session musicians. <laughs> See, that's so interesting because I, I think <laughs> yeah. it sounds like guys trying to sound like Memphis, not actually. No, they Memphis actually guys. were Memphis. Yeah, they were trying to sound like Memphis. That, that B three is a little, uh, a little on the nose for the Booker T imitation, but well, the baseline's great. That baseline's kicking. I usually take like a B twelve or a B six, <laughs> whatever it takes, man. B thirteen, B fourteen. That's right. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Some of us are teaching in the morning. Ben, are you teaching in the morning? I am. Yeah, eight forty-five a.m. Contracts two, express Contract conditions. Two. Everyone's going to be very excited to hear me. <laughs> All right, Michael Jorgensen, thank you so much. Thank you for, so much, man. On a, yeah, on man. a whim. What a pleasure. Hanging out no, with us fun. for the night. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just saying yes to everything these days, you know. Good for you. Well, I mean, this this podcast was born of the COVID times and, you know, trying to figure out how to connect and um, and hang out. I love and, it. Uh, it's great. When we well, got and a also, you, like, uh, we're 50 year old white guys, so you know that we love Wilco. This is how much you love Wilco. I, my younger daughter was, I was like, oh, I was like, I'm going to 11 tonight. She's like, why? Why are you recording so late? And I was like, oh, we got the keyboardist from Wilco. And she was like, you got the keyboardist from Wilco? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she's like, you must be so thrilled. And I was like, yes, yes, I am thrilled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I have I have tickets to the two shows you were supposed to do at the Fox on hold. So hopefully oh. that'll happen. So we'll, let's uh, go. Everybody I, get get your vaccines. And we are you guys vaccinated as educators? Yeah, got, my second one. My second one's tomorrow. Yeah, okay. I got one down. And I'm one down, but not because I'm an educator, because I like to hang out at pharmacies. At least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah, even I've kidding. Been, That's how I got it. I'm going to I'm going to go to the high school tomorrow and try to fly standby. Yeah. yeah, that's what happened that, to me. That's how Ben yeah. got it. Yeah, do it. All and right. And if not, you could just like, you know, you could just blend into the high school and do a whole Fast Times of Ridgemont High thing for a day. You know? <laughs> Either, tomato, tomato. Do you know the movie Easy A? Sure. Yeah. That was sure. filmed at the high school where they're giving oh, the vaccine. No okay. way. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a very Ojai movie in, uh, in many ways. Very I mean, it was shot here, but uh, <laughs> the characters in it. Anyway, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But yeah, that's where I'm going to go tomorrow to go try to get do the it. vaccine. Get it done. Um, All right. Well, best to your uh, best to your family. And, yeah, likewise. Uh, and uh, nice thanks. You all. Thanks so much. Yeah, you as well. All right. Well done. Later, boys. Take care, everyone. See you guys. Bye. You're going to need it. <laughs> Bye. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys.
Hi, I'm Lessa Gaudette, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.